You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, uh, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're so glad that you're here with us this week. Uh, have a have a very fun and exciting show for you lined up today. But first, some introductions are in order. Uh, I am your host for the show, also the lead correspondent over at AHLReport.com. My name is Amy Johnson, and joining me in the studio each and every week is my tremendous co-host. He's our president, founder, and editor-in-chief at Rocket Sports Media, and his name is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing uh, pretty good, thanks. It's uh, it's it's all of the cups are are almost handed out. Stanley, Calder, Calder Kelly, Kelly, just waiting on Memorial, memorial. Yeah. waiting on the Memorial Cup. Um, but yeah, we like, almost said that in unison. We did. Then we would have had to yell Jinx, and then you owe me thirty-seven cokes or whatever that whatever thing it was used for. to be. <laughs> Kids are funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kids are funny. Not so much anymore, but <laughs> no, they are, they are. They are. They are. They are. Kids are still funny. Kids are still funny. Yeah. Um, happy early Canada Day to you mm-hmm. and, and to all of our Canadian listeners, for sure. And then, yeah. It will soon be Independence Day for you. <laughs> you happy Independence! Yeah, Thank you're you. setting me up. Like to- I'm waiting. <laughs> uh, yes, and then Happy, happy Independence Ind- Day, uh, which is the day before we come back on this podcast, right? Correct. Yes, which will be on Monday uh, for all of our American listeners. So, well, it's set up kind of nice this particular year with it's Canada a true day, long Friday, weekend. Yeah, <laughs> and Independence Day on Monday. So um, you can tell all of your employers that uh, we have given permission for all of our listeners to have a, a four-day weekend because you obviously want to celebrate. Mm-hmm. All the holidays. All the holidays. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we have a great show ahead of you ahead today. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick turn around the goings-on with the Laval Rocket and the Montreal Canadiens, yes, there are things going on. Uh, they, we've got some the first signings of the offseason to, to mention to you, as well as some other potential movement. Don't know yet, but we'll, we'll see. We're going to talk a little bit about coaches. Talking a little bit about coaches. Um, and we did mention that Memorial Cup still needs to be handed out. And as luck would have it, there are two Habs prospects still in the race to lift that cup. So we're going to get you caught up on all of that kind of news. Uh, we've got a brand new incentive from our sponsors at DraftKings to bring to you. And then after after that, our second segment, our dear friend Patrick Williams will be joining us here for the AHL Hot Stove. Uh, he's going to help us uh, learn a little bit more about uh, how things ended in the AHL season this year with the Calder Cup champions uh, finally being... Uh, finally finally winning the cup. Uh, that would be the Chicago Wolves. And we're also going to talk a bit about uh, a broader scope coaching in the AHL. There was a new coach, uh, new head coach hiring that happened this week we're going to talk about, as well as uh, some other coaching implications in the American League that, uh, that you might not have heard about. So we're going to get you caught up on all of that 
let you know what kind of uh, exciting things the whole Rocket Sports Media team has coming this week. Get you set up for next week because, well, is there anything going on next week? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Oh, oh, is that that little that draft thing is happening next week? Is that what it is? We're pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty exciting time for Habs fans. So uh, we will uh, we'll get you kind of on your way to to the beginning of draft week uh, and all the excitement that will build around that. So fun show today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's start with the Rocket. They didn't waste much time. Uh, They had a pretty quiet week last week in there as, you know, that kind of decompression week after the after the season had ended for them, but uh, not wasting any time uh, getting a couple of, I should say a couple, five contracts signed this week. Um, Might be a little surprising to some people, but uh, first off, they announced two contracts signed. These are one-year, one-way AHL contracts. Uh, that means that these are Laval Rocket AHL contracts. Uh, it means that the salary is AHL salary. If these players happen to be sent down to the ECHL, they will still be paid the same amount that they make in the AHL. That's the only that's the only differentiator for the one-way contract at the AHL level. And that is forward Peter Abandonado and defenseman Tori Dello. And, Rick, these were not the first contracts I expected to no, see. <laughs> no, no, of course not. It, the, the roster is supposed to or should uh, change uh, drastically for the Laval Rocket. AHL rosters always change, but in particular this year because of what's expected to be a huge influx of prospects uh, for the, the Laval rocket. And they, they need places to play. They need, uh, they need minutes, they need experience, they need all kinds of things. So um, you want to make sure there's spots available for them. Um, Peter Bandonato is a, an in-betweener. He's kind of a, you know, he's part-time AHL, part-time ECHL. He's um uh, half a point a game player at the AHL level. He's a point a game player at the ECHL level, and he's a point and a half a game uh, player at the ball hockey level. So you know, <laughs> yes, uh, the Rocket uh, putting out a, a tweet today uh, congratulating Danik Martell and Peter Abandonado on a successful uh, international ball hockey tournament where Danik Martell. Uh, represented Team Canada and I think was awarded MVP of the tournament or something to that effect. And Peter Abandonado also playing for, not for Canada. I can't recall off the top of my head what country he was playing for, Um, but also receiving, uh, he made the all-tournament team. Abandonado was is born in Laval, so I don't know, I don't know uh, who he was playing yeah, for. But uh, listen, with both of them, with Martel and Abandonado, I'm all in for uh, supporting them to pursue this passion uh, full time as uh, ball hockey players. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, it's uh, good for them. I was, they obviously had fun had fun doing it. Um, but yes, Peter Abandonado, uh, one of the first uh, new AHL contracts for Laval uh, this uh, this offseason, as well as defenseman Tori Dello. Now, granted, I mean, as Rick said, there's always a lot of turnover uh, with AHL rosters, and there's always a need to have a bunch of extra guys on contracts in the AHL because there is always the inevitable injuries, call-ups to the NHL, that kind of thing. However, keep in mind... Uh, the back end is going to get a little crowded in Laval. Uh, there's a lot of prospects coming through uh, that are defensive prospects. Uh, so, um, Tori Dello did a did a did a did a good job. I mean, the defense this year for JF Ull was one of their one of Ull's biggest assets um, throughout the whole season consistently. So, Tori Dello was one of the guys that that helped to provide a, a stable, consistent defensive core uh, in front of Caden Primo and, and Kevin Poulin. Uh, Xavier Ouellette, Captain Xavier Ouellette, has said at, at his exit interview that, you know, he's not sure what, what next year holds for him. He has made it known that he's wants to try to get back to the NHL, so it's, it's not uh, a given that the captain will be back next year. Uh, and so I, who knows, perhaps, you know, they're, they're keeping Delo around for 
at least a little bit of veteran presence on the back end. Um, and uh, just an update. I have an update on our story here. Okay. Uh, Abandonado, Peter Abandonado couldn't, he couldn't crack that, uh, that uh, Team Canada ball hockey squad. That's, that's, uh, it's understandable. It's tough. But he played for the, the powerhouse and maybe the, uh, the MVP of the uh, Team Greece uh, oh. ball hockey um, uh, okay. team, yeah, in the all right. all world championship. Ball, I didn't for ball realize hockey. Greece ball yeah, hockey was oh, a big thing in Greece. Oh, stop it! You're oh. terrible! You're terrible! Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you're terrible. Um, but the, you know, Laval wasn't done there. Uh, they also managed to sign three. AHL two-way deals. Uh, so here, like an NHL two-way contract, the an AHL two-way contract works the same way, whereas the player is expected to go back and forth between the AHL and the ECHL. And so there is a different um, salary structure when they play in the AHL as opposed to when they're playing in the ECHL. So the three one-year two-way AHL contracts signed are two defensemen, Olivier Gallipo, uh, who did split his time this year between Trois-Rivières and uh, Laval. Santino Santarame is another defenseman. And Anthony Beauregard, forward Anthony Beauregard. You might recognize that name, Anthony Beauregard, at the very end, uh, I believe played for Concordia, um, Two finished his career there two seasons ago and and had uh, an ATO with the Laval Rocket at the end of his season. Um, believe he had um, a good, pretty good year in the ECHL, perhaps last year. Um, yeah, two years ago he was with the uh, Wichita Thunder and had a really oh, yes. good season yes, in yes, the yes. ECHL. Yes. The year before that, he was in the Irish League with the Dundee Stars. Last year he was in Switzerland. Yes. Uh, so he's, yeah, I mean, he's played U uh, Sports, he's played uh, all over the world, and now um, a, a Quebec-born player, so he's coming home sure. uh, to to play with, um, well, most, most likely, likely Trois-Rivières. Wow, we're just... <laughs> We're going to have to strip these things out. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just too funny. Okay. If it happens a third time, then it's getting really creepy around yeah. here. So, okay. Shutting it down. <laughs> uh, so those are your five new contracts. Um, again, it's um, it's a little surprising to see Abandonado and Dello as the, the first two AHL one-way contracts that, that Laval locked up. Um also interesting that they went ahead and signed three two-way contracts. Like those kinds of contracts are usually the ones that you take care of in September. Um, so the fact that they're, I mean, granted, Trois-Rivières was on an absolute, uh, I mean, it, it was like somebody said, okay, you have exactly 12 hours to sign every contract for next year uh, that you're going to have in the ECHL because Trois-Rivières, Trois-Rivières was going nuts with contracts last week. They um, signed their, goal, their captain and their um, alternate captain uh, and a, a mess of other players. But that that's in line with uh, for the, sure. the ECHL. ECHL. They're on a little bit different uh, hockey calendar. And, that's right. Uh, so it's signing season there for sure. So we'll keep you posted. Um, this is just going to be kind of the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be a lot of turnover for, for Laval this year. And so we'll, we'll be curious to see. Um, who comes back, who doesn't, what new faces come on board, that type of thing. Speaking of turnover in Laval. Yeah. Doesn't that lead into the next? Wow. Oh, are you, are, wow. Look at you. Just. I'm ooh. doing the segue. I know that's I your job. Say, I was, was going to say, apparently we're switching chairs today. Uh-huh. Would you just, because we're, we were speaking the same, so. Right. You know. <laughs> Um, keep an eye on Laval's coaches over the summer. Huh? What? No, we're not saying beware, coaching changes are coming. No, we're not saying that. However, Luke Richardson, congratulations to him, uh, hired away from the Montreal Canadiens uh, to be a head coach for the Chicago Blackhawks and the NHL. Uh, huge congratulations to Luke Richardson. He absolutely deserves this promotion, d- deserves this job, and he's going to do a tremendous job. Um, however, that leaves a big gaping hole 
uh, and seriously, a big gaping hole uh, of experience on the Montreal Canadiens bench. Um, so there is an assistant coaching position to fill at the Habs level. And naturally, you know, we have no idea what kind of, you know, input Marty St. Louis is going to have on on this hire or Kent Hughes or Jeff Gordon. Um, but it's it's natural to wonder if and and Rick complete credit to you you even alluded to this last week on the press zone just Mm kind of tossing it out there when rumors were starting to swirl that Luke Richardson was was interviewing for the the Chicago head coaching position Um, it is many times a natural course of action to promote one of your coaches be it the head coach or an assistant coach from your AHL affiliate uh, to to an assistant position in the NHL we're not saying that's what's going to happen but Rick that is certainly um, a possibility. It is a possibility, and that's because there is so much experience on the Laval coaching bench uh, that isn't on the Montreal Canadiens coaching bench. As we mentioned before, um, the Canadians ended the season with the least experienced uh, uh, set of coaches behind the bench. Um, in Laval, you look at at uh, J.F. Uhl, uh, for example, um, it, plenty of experience Going back to um, early 2003, I believe, when he was an assistant coach in the NCAA with Clarkson, um, Martin LaPerriere, even more uh, coaching experience um, going back uh, to 1998 and a lot of coaching experience in the queue um, with uh, Bay Como, so, um, and, then the, uh, and then the Quebec Remparts. Um, so, and, and Kelly Buckberger, um, experience too. So will the, the Canadians draw on that experience? Will they, uh, promote from within, uh, or does, um, Martin St. Louis have someone in mind that, uh, he would like to see, um, helping and supporting him. And you know, he, he leaned heavily on, uh, he said the two, uh, coaches that he leaned on heavily, given uh, his lack of experience, was uh, Trevor Latowski and Luke Richardson. Absolutely. Uh, so this is going to be, this will be an interesting turn of events. Whether it affects Laval's coaching staff or not, it's going to be a fascinating uh, fascinating piece of the puzzle to watch fall into place this summer as to who is going to fill that hole uh, behind the Habs bench. And if it does happen to be one of the Laval coaches who, I mean, you heard J.F. tell us at, at, at exit interview today that, that they were a very unified group uh, coming together for the first time. Uh, you know, J.F. carefully selected his, his assistant coaches and they worked very well together. So if one of them... Um, if one of those coaches ends up getting promoted, it'll then be very interesting to see how that that hole at the AHL level is filled. So lots to keep an eye on, uh, lots of different possibilities of things that could happen, but something to just uh, to keep in mind uh, as we move forward here over the next couple of weeks. Um, mentioned at the top of the show that uh, cup season is is almost done. But it is the Memorial Cup that we're still waiting to to see finished. And very exciting for Jan Meshack and Arbor Jacki and the rest of the Hamilton Bulldogs uh, beating the Shawinigan Cataracts in overtime uh, on Monday night to advance to the championship game where they will face off against the St. John Sea Dogs. Um, Rick, it was... Uh, None of well, I mean, Arbor Jacki is is just kind of a, a ferocious little thing. <laughs> I shouldn't say little, ferocious, ferocious player out there. Uh, certainly uh, makes his presence known. But Jan Mishak coming up clutch and uh, scoring a very very nice parked himself right in right in front of the net. Nice deflection goal to win it in overtime. What a what a moment for that young man. Uh, for Mishak, that was his first goal of the tournament, but couldn't have come for his team at a better time. Uh, the game winner, um, sending them to the the uh, Memorial Cup final, and uh, nice nice for the fans in St. John that their their host team, um, the host team is going to be in the final, so that building should be packed for uh, a very exciting final. Um, and uh, yes, Arbor Jacki has been uh, throughout the OHL playoffs, um, making his presence known. A bit of a bull in the china shop and. Um, not only with his physical play, but but uh, racking up some points as well. 
Absolutely. So we will uh, be tuned in to see how Meshach and Jacki and the Bulldogs uh, fare in the championship. Who knows? We might have a couple of uh, Habs prospects lifting a cup of their own uh, before this uh, summer is over. And once that cup is lifted, that should kind of complete the cycle. And then we start all over again because the, the schedules say, are out already for the preseason. And stop it. It's exciting. Don't say it. Don't. <laughs> there don't. is no off season. There is no off season with Rocket Sports, with the press well, no, zone. There is not. And uh, there's always, always, always something to talk about. There is. And we will be here all summer long. You can count on that. All right. We are going to take a quick break here. A brand new message from our sponsors over at DraftKings who have a pretty nice new incent, uh, incentive for new users. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this one for this summer. Uh on the flip side of that, we will be welcoming you back and welcoming Patrick Williams into the studio. He's got lots to tell us about how the Calder Cup final ended, uh, what's in store with some new coaching shakeups going on in the AHL, and lots more. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. You are listening to The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, we are just so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, as we said before the break, we're not going anywhere just because it's summertime, just because for a lot of uh, most teams, it's now the offseason. There's plenty of things that happen that are hockey-based, hockey-related for the Canadians, for the Laval Rocket, all throughout the summer. And uh, we want to be sure that you're getting all of that news timely every week so you can count on us being here every Tuesday. Uh, in that vein, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. That way you don't ever miss an episode while you're busy doing all of those fun summer things. Uh, and you'll get reminded that there's a new episode every Tuesday, as well as uh, now's the perfect time to share our podcast with your friends and followers, uh, letting them know that, hey, there is a place to get all of your Canadians prospect news uh, all summer long. We would very much appreciate that. And uh, we just look forward to bringing you great content all summer long. Well, you didn't think that just because the Calder Cup has been awarded and the Stanley Cup has been awarded, that that meant that the AHL hot stove was in the offseason. Oh, no, no, my friends. Uh, we are very happy uh, to welcome to the show once again this week our dear friend and colleague Patrick Williams back for another edition of the AHL hot stove. Patrick, how are you doing today? Good, and the stove is still uh, still operating. <laughs> That's good. Uh... The angelic stove. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. We're glad to hear that. Um, it's uh, it's been a it's been a whirlwind of an off season. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's the end of June uh, and and things are finally wrapping up. And and as we as Rick and I just mentioned in the in the first segment, uh, there's still plenty uh, right around the corner on the hockey calendar. So uh, lots to be talking about in in upcoming weeks. But 
I guess first and foremost, let's just kind of put the the punctuation mark on the the 2021-22 AHL season uh, with the Chicago Wolves winning the Calder Cup. Can can we just get a little bit of um, your reaction or your insight and thoughts on on the significance of the Wolves winning the Calder uh, and and the way in which they did it and and. And even a nod to Springfield and the effort that they put forth. Yeah, so so this is back to back Calder Cup championships for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, obviously, they won the 2019 one with the Charlotte Checkers, which feels like roughly a billion years ago. <laughs> um, they carried that over into this year with the new affiliation with with the Chicago Wolves. So, um, so that's the first thing, the first, uh, NHL team to do so since Washington and Hershey did it back in 2009 and 20, 2010, I guess. Um, so a big deal. And I think the bigger aspect of that is as always, I mean, the Chicago Wolves are known for their veteran presence and they certainly had veterans this year, but, um, I think the story there was also just the prospects they had. Um, Peter uh, Kochikov, uh, the goalie, came back from Carolina after their Stanley Cup run for the final two rounds of the Calder Cup playoffs, uh, stepped in and uh, pretty much put, put the, uh, the punctuation mark on his uh, season. Um, he had come over from Russia in mid-February, went to Chicago. Uh, first month he was there, he wins uh, – <laughs> Rookie of the Month uh, in the AHL. <laughs> so that kind of showed you where he was going. Uh, earned a, a call-up to the Hurricanes. Uh, was there for about the uh, better part of almost two months. And then came back and was fantastic in the playoffs. Uh, two shutouts uh, in a limited amount of time, six games. Um, it was a 9.50 save percentage, and I believe it was a 1.95 goals against average. So, uh he, to me, looks like the future goalie, uh, number one goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, if not this coming season, certainly probably not too far off. And then um, Jack Drury, real promising forward, uh, uh, second-round pick 2018, uh, came in, had a really, really strong season, uh, uh, regular season-wise, and then just um, kind of that classic case of a guy in this league who everything kind of clicked in the playoffs for him and um, – Ended up finishing, uh, I believe it was fourth in playoffs, no, third in playoff scoring, um, 24 points. And um, he looks like he's penciled in next year um, uh, for a spot with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, good defense core, Max Bourgeois, uh, Jalen Chatfield, uh, Joey Keane, all certainly possibilities for the Carolina Hurricanes next season. So, um, And then you have your head coach, Ryan Warsawski, uh Fantastic coach. He's 34 years old. He already has two Calder Cup rings uh, to his name. Um, for my money, uh, probably the number one coaching prospect right now in the American Hockey League. Um, I don't think it'll be too long before he'll see a job uh, you know, behind an NHL bench somewhere. Uh, so uh, kind of just a great blend of uh, really high-end veteran players like uh, Stefan Nason and uh, Andrew Podorowski mixed in with real high highly elite uh, young prospects. So kind of the perfect mix if you're the Carolina Hurricanes and obviously certainly if you're the Chicago Wolves. So um, they, they marched through the playoffs. Uh, the Stockton Heat gave them some trouble in, in the Western Conference final, but uh, I think that sort of toughened them up and uh, they were ready to go against Springfield. And um, they handled that series pretty easily. It could have been a sweep if not for a uh, kind of a, a letdown in game one. Um but uh, yeah, full, full credit to the Springfield Thunderbirds, uh, certainly a, a team that had a season to be proud of. Um, but I, I, I did get the sense that they kind of hit the wall in that final, especially after that seven-gamer with uh, Laval. There just wasn't much left. And if you were going to beat Chicago, you had to – two things. You had to play pretty much a perfect series, and you also had to have a lot more in the tank, and Springfield had neither. In Chicago, um, I mean, this was after a great regular season where uh, they just mowed down uh, opponents. Uh, they ended up with, uh, I think it was 110 points and with a 13-point spread over the second uh, best team. Uh, now, they played 76 games, but still a 724 winning percentage. 
uh, in the regular season. And then once they got into uh, the playoffs, um, there was there was no stopping that. I think I think their record was fourteen and four of the eighteen games. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think all four losses were in extra time, in overtime. And uh, of course, those the losses only came in that that the series against Stockton uh, and uh, Springfield because they they swept the other series. Yeah, I believe it's either three or four. Uh, Losses were overtime. Um, blanking on that, they had they had a loss to Milwaukee in the second round. But yeah, I mean that that was a loss where they had forty nine shots that night. <laughs> so um, even when they lost, I mean they lost to um, a forty nine shot game, and then they lost a pair of games in overtime to Dustin Wolf, uh, who was absolutely fantastic this season in net for Stockton, and then. Kind of the one letdown they had was that game one against Springfield, up 4-2 in the third period. Give up two goals, end up losing in overtime, and that, I think, was the wake-up call that they needed uh, because following night, they come out four, four goals in the first 10 minutes. Uh, they just bombarded Springfield and um, really kind of never looked back after that. Uh, they won that game 6-2. The following game was a 4 nothing shutout, a uh, 4-2 game for uh, game four, and then another four nothing shutout to close out the series. So um, just a kind of a, they, they were the, the clear or clear cream of the crop this year. Uh, other than stock, I think Stockton was the only real serious challenger and uh, even then they handled them. So um, yeah, there's a, that's just a good team and uh, um, really the perfect way to build your team. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, kind of fringe players on that roster. I mean, you look at, uh, Chris Begris, uh, who would have been a top four defenseman anywhere else in, in the league. Um, he didn't play one playoff game this year um, because that was the team was that deep. Mm. Um, and just real good team mentality too, which is, I think, as we all know in this league, is not easy. Um, you know, a league where everybody's trying to get somewhere else to, to kind of foster that team mentality is, is a challenge for almost every coach in this league. And uh, I think that was – and for as much talent as Chicago had, that was Brian Worsowski's biggest achievement was kind of coalescing everybody, getting everybody on the same page and um, pushing them uh, all in the same direction. And uh, once he was able to, to do that, it was that team was nobody was stopping them this year. It's really interesting for me, uh, keeping a, an eye on the goalie situation to see um, the the prospect and the, and the uh, veteran um, mm-hmm. goaltender for each of these teams. And uh, we saw all four goaltenders in the series, uh, Charlie Lindgren, the veteran and Joel Hofer, um, the, the prospect for Springfield. And you already mentioned Kochikov and, and uh, Alex Lyon uh, in for Chicago. And in that deciding game, it was uh, Charlie Lindgren versus Alex Lyon. Uh, first star, Alex, Alex Lyon, third star, uh, Charlie Lindgren. It was a goaltender um, face-off there, uh, but but uh, they all performed pretty well in that series. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the right formula. I think uh, teams have the most success with. You have a good veteran like an Alex Line or Charlie Lindgren, somebody that can step up uh, to the NHL team uh, when needed, but will come back and uh, walk that line between being a. Uh, uh, a good mentor, but also being a competitor. And it's not easy to find goalies that will buy into that. Um, you know, veteran guys, obviously, like they're more or less living a year-to-year existence uh, contract-wise. So to have someone like an Alex Lyon or a Lindgren that will put their own career goals up to the side a little bit, but also still remain very competitive and, and push that young prospect for starts, I, I think – that's the way to go. I mean, and it's kind of a contrast to some teams where they go with the two young prospects and that can be a little bit tough at times, uh, especially if, if those young goalies aren't ready. Um, so, but you have that real solid insurance policy. Um, like if you're the Springfield Thunderbirds, even if Joel Hofer struggled, you always knew you had Charlie Lindgren there to kind of right the ship and, uh, and give you that reliable goaltending. And then obviously once Hofer uh, found his game and uh, stepped in and really stepped in to become a, a real solid prospect uh, in the latter half of the season, and then, then then you're in a perfect spot because you have two uh, 
excellent options, 1A and 1B. And, and we saw that with both coaches, uh, Drew Bannister and Worsowski. They both were very comfortable um, rotating back and forth, uh, veteran prospect, veteran prospect, back and forth. Um, and, you know, and it, and it was interesting that um, Laval against Springfield and even in the whole playoffs uh, did not cho- choose to go that route, even though, as you say, that's typically one of the better ideas for a tandem is to have a, a veteran with with the younger prospect. But Kevin Poulin, aside from the very first game of the very first series that Laval played in, didn't see ice time again for the rest of the series. And J.F. Uhl decided to ride young Caden Primo through the rest of it. Uh, and so, you know, there will always be, of course, I think the question of, you know, could could a, a more rested Primo help have helped Laval, uh, you know, coming down the stretch there once they got to the conference final and whatnot. But we won't know. Um, <laughs> uh, we talk, you know, we hear all the time about how, you know, the success of the AHL in developing uh, the players. And, and we, you know, of course, see so many AHL player graduates who succeed then at the NHL level who are in the Stanley Cup final, who were on the Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche team. Um, but just quickly, before we move on to our, our next bit of news, I just wanted to to shed, you know, put the spotlight on Jared Bednar for a minute because he, he did do something pretty incredible from a coaching standpoint. Uh, the Stanley Cup, correct us if we're wrong, but the Stanley Cup, not the first championship uh, in pro hockey that Jared Bednar has uh, been the head coach to win. No, he's the only coach ever to win uh, the Kelly Cup, which is ECHL. Uh, he did that in 2009 with South Carolina. Um, 2016 in the HL, the Calder Cup with Lake Erie. Um, and then 2022 here uh, with Colorado Avalanche. So uh, a, a cool little piece of trivia for Jared Bednar, who really kind of is the ultimate um, um, example of uh, somebody that grinded their way. He was uh, kind of one of those throwback defensemen of the 90s and 2000s. Um, tough stay-at-home type defenseman who he was able to convert uh, and make that that transition into coaching. Um, worked his way up from an assistant coach in the ECHL level, head coach, and did the same thing at the AHL level. Actually, had to take a step back. He was fired, or you know, to use the the parlance, uh, not retained um, <laughs> by the St. Louis Blues. Uh, actually, ten years ago this month, um, had to take a step backward to be an assistant coach with uh, the Springfield Falcons, uh, the former AHL affiliate of the Columbus Blue Jackets, again earned himself a head coaching job uh, with Springfield later with Lake Erie, and then obviously went to Colorado. And they, I think they're, that, that, that path is well documented how, how tough that, that first uh, season was. Um, 48 points then the big turnaround a year later he was a jack adams finalist and uh here we are uh all these years later and uh he's top of the top of the hockey mountain um just a, an excellent example of perseverance i think uh, a real inspiration to a lot of young coaches uh, both at the echl and the ahl levels of you know sometimes you feel like you know, nobody's really watching or paying attention at this level, but uh, it goes to show you that if, if you really do stick with it and, and get some breaks, obviously, that uh, you can really go all the way. Um, and that's what Jerry Bednar did. And uh, now he's really kind of uh, a household name in the hockey world. And it's interesting because I remember him as head coach in Lake Erie. And, you know, he was – you know, obviously that's a much low, lower profile, and um, but he's the same Jerry Bednar he was then, or as he is now. Uh, just very humble, very down to earth. He hasn't changed a bit, even though obviously he's had this success. And so it's really nice to see, and uh, you know, just a great example of pers- perseverance. Well, it's in a real, a real testament to um, paying your dues and and mm-hmm. learning lessons and struggling and facing challenges and understanding. There's nobody that well. I was going to say there's nobody that takes that leap and, and <laughs> never mind. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's the, the, the ones who have been through the long journey, learned, uh, had to struggle, uh, figured out how to, how to get past and, and be successful and persevere, as you say, uh, that are able to, you're, and, and, and those are the, those are the people you're happiest for uh, when they finally do um, reach the ultimate goal. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's just another great example of how it's not just players who are developing uh, in the AHL uh, and even in the ECHL at, at some points uh, that it's, uh, it's a development league for a lot of different kinds of people and a lot of different kinds of positions. And so a great example, as you say. Um, speaking of coaches, uh, now that it is uh, – now that every team is is in the off season, uh, we're going. We've seen at the at the NHL level, of course, all of the head coaching vacancies are starting to fill up. I think there's only three left, uh, but that means also that you're going to see some shuffling going on, and that may create some vacancies on some AHL benches. Uh, some of them already had vacancies. Uh, we're going to start seeing announcements as as those hirings uh, take place over the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, and the latest news in that front is that Colin Chalk uh, being awarded the permanent head coaching position for the Bakersfield Condors after uh, taking over as the interim uh, head coach being promoted uh, from assistant uh, when Woodcroft was uh, promoted uh, up to the Oilers. Uh, Patrick, just your your thoughts on, on Colin Chalk. Our listeners, if you've been listening to the podcast since we were from the press box in our early days, uh, you'll remember our, our interviews with Colin Chalk when he was the head coach of uh, the Brampton Beast when that was the Montreal Canadiens ECHL affiliate. Uh, and uh, Great, uh, terrific coach at the at the ECHL level. Spent some time as an assistant coach at the AHL level. Now with his first head coaching position at the AHL level. Just your thoughts on on the hiring and and uh, you know kind of the first domino to fall in the AHL hiring process this summer. Yeah, well, I think we would all agree that uh, Colin Chalk is extremely detail oriented. Uh, I think that's really the first time you ever speak with him. That's immediately jumps off the page, right? Like he's and he's intense. Um, he reminds yes, he me intense. a little bit of a Jerry Bednar in that sense, you know, like, you know, obviously he hasn't had the same success that Bednar has, but, um, somebody who took a long path, uh, through the lower levels of minor league hockey as a player, uh, worked his way into the coaching ranks. Um, actually was coaching, I believe it was, um, um, he was a player coach gosh. for Fort Wayne. Um, he, yeah, he was playing and, and coaching at the same time. Yeah, and a couple of years ago, I want to say he was, uh, geez, like triple A or something um, after he left Brampton. Yes, um, had, had, like, a transition year. Yeah. And um, he ended up uh, eventually landing with, with Bakersfield, uh, working half a season with Jay Woodcroft, which, like, what an education that would be, <laughs> and worked with John Anderson, uh, the longtime head coach of the Chicago Wolves, who was his assistant coach. So um, you. You, you had Woodcroft for the first half uh, as your mentor. And then um, when Woodcroft went up to Edmonton, uh, you get to take over as the interim. And you they bring in John Anderson, uh, who was basically in retirement, <laughs> um, bring him in as your assistant and kind of uh, be that uh, guy you could bounce ideas off of. Uh, they had a real solid finish to their year. Uh, they ran into Stockton Heat, which was obviously a problem. Um, uh, so they, they had a pretty quick playoff uh, tenure, but uh, all in all, a real successful uh, season for, for Colin Chalk. And when he got that intern post, uh, I, I was under the impression from what I was told that, you know, it was more or less his to lose. And uh, he certainly did a good job there. So I'm not surprised to see them take off that interim tag and make it official. And I think we'll do really well. Uh, they have a good crop, young prospects starting to come up now the, for the next year or so. Um, and the Edmonton pipeline. So uh, I think he's walking into a good position as we said off the air. I think, you know, with, with, with Woodcroft now up, up in Edmonton on a three-year deal, there's, there's not that rush, uh, you know, to look for a new coach or kind of have that pressure hanging over you. So he'll be able to kind of do his thing in Bakersfield and uh, learn, learn the, Learned the position slowly. Uh, he'll have Brad Malone back as a captain, a real solid uh, veteran at this level. Uh, so, yeah, they always pretty put, put a pretty good roster in Bakersfield. So, um, it's a pretty good situation for him to walk into. But, uh, yeah, congratulations to him, so, someone who, a lot like a Jerry Bednar, a lot like a, a lot of coaches in this league, uh, Ryan Worsowski, who, you know, he played uh, Division three hockey and then uh, played in the uh, – uh, federal league for for a cup of coffee um, was able to um, 
Did you win? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, the season may be over, but the the emails and the texts. <laughs> That's right. You're very in demand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Somebody like there's a lot of coaches at this level, and I think there's a lot, lot more of an appreciation. Uh, people who do come up and pay their dues and learn um, the business uh, from the bottom up, um, which you do. Like if you're in the ECHL, I mean, we've heard you you handle everything. You're sort of the the de facto travel secretary, head coach, general manager, immigration and visa person. I mean, you <laughs> name it. Uh, you they do it. You're the guy that that drives to the airport to pick up a player whose flight has just landed. I mean, anything you that needs to be done, you do it. And uh, it's a great learning uh, environment for young coaches. And uh, then you bring that to the HL level and you do a little bit more of a hybrid of the NHL coaching lifestyle and the ECHL coaching lifestyle. And um, it's, a, it's a great, uh, great development curve. So I think Colin Chalk uh, will certainly have a lot of success uh, going forward. Well, it's a really good point because in Brampton, uh, when he was with the Beast, the ECHL affiliate, first of, of the Canadians and then the Ottawa Senators, his official title was head coach slash VP of hockey operations, which meant that he was doing everything from cutting video to booking hotel rooms to scouting opposition to uh, creating game plans and, and being behind the bench. It was it was a really varied background, and we, we mentioned, we agreed that he's a very detailed person. He had to be a detailed person mm-hmm. to keep on top of everything. Um, and, and you know, I, I think uh, people have to understand that that uh, these, these paths aren't linear. There, there isn't a direct straight-line path to uh, your destination. And, and um, you know, Colin Chalk, as a player, he... He, he played for teams and leagues that no longer exist um, and, and uh, you know, then got into that kind of hybrid role as, as a coach, a, a player coach, um, and, uh, and, and then has moved up through the ranks. And it's, um, it, it provides a real strong background, a varied background, allowing you to, to meet the challenges of, of different players uh, being, being players now, as we've said, come from all over and, and have different challenges. And, and um, so the kind of people like Jared Bednar or Colin Chalk have seen it before and they know how to react. The, uh, the, what's the, the line you see in job descriptions, other, other, other duties, duties as assigned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think definitely applies in that role. And, and like you said, I mean, you must be detail oriented. Uh, you just, even the immigration paperwork, right? Like you, you better have that every I dotted and T crossed when you send that into, to the government uh, for, for one of your players. So um, it really does sort of, a, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great way of kind of filtering out uh, people that aren't detail oriented. You're not going to last very long in that position. If, if you, if you don't focus on the details and uh, obviously that's, major requirement for any head coach as well. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it's been one of the biggest evolutions I've seen in my time, just how far um, the whole coaching industry has come and just the quality of coaches. Now, I mean, I look around the American Hockey League, I can't find one head coach where I'm like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't hire that guy. I mean, they're (laughs) all solid uh, top to bottom. And um, I can't say that when I started, you know, ways back there were a lot of coaches that really were not uh, up to par um, you know early part of the 2000s and um, but uh, I think that the, the quality of coaching now is so much better than what it used to be so that's kind of a, a bit of a preview but uh, fans are are waiting for uh, the word on rosters and and which AHL player will make it to the NHL but we haven't seen the last of the promotions of coaching staff from uh, the AHL to the NHL, right? Not, not, we don't know who that's going to be, but we expect that we'll see more movement uh, before the start of the, the next season. Absolutely. Um, we're, I think we're going to see quite a bit of it. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of the cycle If if, if AHL vacancies open up because of promotions to the NHL, then you're going to see guys get called, uh, who have ECHL duties currently and some promotions happening there. It's, it's a, it's a great pipeline. It's a great way to learn. Um, 
And there will be plenty of those kinds of announcements coming uh, in the days ahead. Patrick, we know that you are a very detailed-oriented person. That's why we so enjoy uh, having you join us here uh, every other week for the AHL Hot Stove with all of your insight about the American Hockey League. Congratulations uh, to to you uh, and to the rest of my colleagues uh, at the AHL Report here at Rocket Sports Media for another successful AHL season. But uh, as I said, there's uh, <laughs> we're not going anywhere. Uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, the draft is in a week, and so we're going to have top prospects who could be showing up in the AHL, um, you know, sooner rather than later and, and things of that nature to discuss. We've got free agency coming and lots of changes uh, happening, lots of exciting things to come. So thank you for being here uh, with us again today, and we're looking forward to talking to you again after the draft. Well, thank you. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a unique season, um, maybe not as unique as uh, – last season, uh, but um, a lot of curveballs that came everyone's way this season, and uh, we got through it. We <laughs> reached the finish line, so <laughs> congratulations to both of you as well, and uh, we'll chat soon. Always so much fun having Patrick Williams on the show. It has been such a joy having him as part of the RSM team this year uh, and having him appear here on the press zone uh, on a regular basis every other week for for the AHL Hot Stove Rick and uh, and his his under review articles that appeared on uh, the AHL Report website uh, of all throughout the season. Uh, it's just been uh, he's been a great addition comes with such a wealth of knowledge and I can't wait to uh, to see how things are going to to grow over the summer and into next season absolutely um, we're, we're we're grateful to Patrick um, he's uh, a busy guy with his contributions to uh, the the American Hockey League and uh, as the uh, AHL correspondent for the NHL and um, he, he chose to to contribute uh, to what we do here. Uh, he believes in it the same way we do, and, and it's been a pleasure to have him on the press zone um, every other week and and uh, to talk to him uh, so often in between time, as as we like to do. Um, want to uh, credit you as well for um, your, your putting together the, the press zone every single week and for your work with uh, AHL Report and, and uh, Chris, uh, his work in Laval. Um, and we um, we got um, uh, some exposure from Michael this week this uh, this season as well. So with the AHL uh, uh, officially wrapped up and and awarding the Calder Cup, uh, just want to tip the cap to the entire Rocket Sports team and uh, a real uh, job well done this season. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. It's been uh, you know it's been another great season of of coverage of the Laval Rocket uh, and prospects in general and uh, have a great team uh, at the AHL Report and Rocket Sports to work with. And we're just so pleased that uh, people really value, seem to value uh, the the coverage that we provide. Um, you know, these are tomorrow's NHL stars and lots of stories to, to tell about them. And we're just so pleased to be able to continue to bring that to you. So thank you so much uh, to you and uh, to the entire team at RSM and to all of our listeners, readers and followers. Um, one more footnote before we, we move away from the AHL hot stove. Uh, the news came out um, just a little while ago today, actually. Uh, one more extra bit of news about that Calder Cup final and that big celebration, Alex Lyon earned himself a two-game suspension from the league. Um, it may have gone unnoticed by some, but not all. Um, for whatever reason, Alex Lyon was feeling very vindicated, I think, by uh, the, the Chicago Wolves' victory. Uh, and... Multiple times throughout the Wolves on ice celebration and then when they were posing for their team photo on the ice after winning and so forth. Um, uh, Alex, I, it, I don't I don't think that he has a particular affinity for birds, but he flipped a couple of them, <laughs> one on each hand uh, of more than once during that celebration. Uh, the league took exception to that and handed down a two-game suspension to him today, which, um, quite frankly, some of the complete non-suspensions that were let go throughout the playoffs 
scratches makes me scratch my head a little bit. I, I would understand a game just to kind of set a precedent. I think two games is a little much. A little overzealous by the league, the folks in the league office. Uh, Alex Lyon's not known as that kind of, yeah, always uh, mild mannered, um, very competitive, um, but um, but keeps his emotions uh, under control. Something was up there. Uh, there's a story. Um, and, um, and, and yes, uh, uh, maybe a one game suspension, a little silly, uh, especially given the state of the officiating during the entirety of the playoffs, uh, the AHL has a problem. Uh, and, and, uh, rather than finding, um, uh, coaching coaching coaches, uh, rather than suspending, uh, players, uh, they should look within and address, uh, some of the issues that the, the coaching or the uh, officiating was atrocious. And I'm not saying this in a partisan way because some of the, some of the calls went in favor of Laval that were atrocious. Um, it, it was just uh, terrible throughout. And, and uh, it's such a great hockey product. Uh, as Patrick Williams says, uh, the second best uh, league uh, in the world and uh, they need to have, at the very least, the second best uh, officials, and they certainly didn't uh, this uh, this playoff run. That's that is I concur with you on that one. Um, so, what does that mean now? Well, we have said, of course, uh, the Rocket Sports Media team isn't going anywhere. Next week is a very big deal for Canadians fans. Draft is being held in the Bell Center. The Montreal Canadiens have the first overall pick. Uh, they actually have two first-round picks, uh, so it's going to be fascinating to see how all of that plays out. Uh, you can bet that we will have all the coverage, whether it's here on this podcast, because we do have another podcast next Tuesday uh, to get you kind of set up for that draft uh, coming later in the week next week. Uh, so we'll be back with another podcast on Tuesday, the Canadians Connection podcast hosted by Rick and Michael Spinella will be out on Saturday getting you all set for the draft as well. Uh, if you missed our exclusive interview with Sam Cosentino uh, two weeks ago on the Canadians Connection, uh, giving his perspective of the top three candidates uh, for for going first overall and, and what he thinks Montreal might do with some of uh, their later picks in the first round, uh, you'll want to check that out on CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, and allhabs.net, following at allhabs on Twitter. That's the best way to keep track of everything that we'll have. We'll be giving you information about the draft picks as they come through rounds one through seven. Uh, lots and lots, Rick, uh, of ways for Habs fans to keep tuned in as to what the Montreal Canadiens do uh, throughout the draft and in, and in the lead up to the draft, getting everyone ready for it. Everybody has an opinion uh, about the the draft, uh, about the number one pick, uh, and there's lots of um, part-time folks who who uh, like to put out their opinions and and um, create splashes by by saying sensational things. Um, last week on the Canadians Connection, we picked the top ten ranking agencies and presented their work uh, of those top three picks. As you said. Sam Cosentino the week before, um, none better than than Sam. Uh, he he follows the the prospects, uh, and uh, the folks that produce the Bible, the Black Book, the the hockey prospect Black Book. Jerome Berube, uh, we had him on a few weeks ago uh, as well. So we have uh, done our best to provide you with a comprehensive look at. Uh, th- because it is serious business. This is going to be a decision that creates waves uh, in the league, but uh, especially for the Montreal Canadiens as, as Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton try to turn this whole thing, thing around and uh, set the franchise in, a, in the direction of a Stanley Cup. Absolutely. Uh, also, I'll add to that, be sure you're following uh, and subscribe to our All Habs YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, when you're subscribed, you'll get notified each Thursday when a new uh, edition of the Habs Hockey Report, a, a YouTube show that I host every Thursday, comes out. Uh, this past week, if you haven't caught it, uh, this past week's video is absolutely on fire. Uh, 
literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have watched that video. Uh, so I encourage you to go do the same. Uh, drop a comment about your, uh, leave us an answer about uh, to your our question of the week for the week. Um, and uh, can't wait to hear all of your responses. Uh, just really love interacting with fans over there on the YouTube channel as well. And we'll have plenty of, of draft information for you there as well. So uh, Rick, it's going to be a fun summer. Uh, the fun really is just beginning. This is this is a very exciting, we've got the draft, we've got free agency, the World Juniors is happening in the beginning of August, which is a, a rare treat. Uh, and then before you know it, training camp is going to start. So. And- don't forget those pre-draft trades. Uh, oh, there's yeah. going to be <laughs> trade activity, and there, where there's, it's expected that there will be more uh, trading activity, given that everybody is uh, able to, all of the teams are able to meet, and the general managers are able to talk in person. So uh, there's going to be some trade activity leading up to the draft uh, day, and then on those two days of draft, uh, there's going to be some trade activity. So stay with us for that. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you in advance for coming back and joining us each week, uh, all throughout the summer. We're here to get help you get your hockey fix until uh, until it's back in season again. And we're just so grateful for all of your continued listenership and subscribers. Uh, so. Enjoy your week. Happy Canada Day. Happy Independence Day. We'll see you back here next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.